Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Small Talk No More. I'm Alex, and today I've got with me Arnold de Sousa, Head of Marketing at Dotemu. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thanks so much for being on the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. No pleasure. So um, let's start it with an introduction about yourself. So can you tell us uh, who Arnold is and what your experience is? Sure. So I'm Arnold de Sousa. I'm... Uh... Head of Marketing at Datamu and the Arcade Crew, which is our Indie Publishing label. Cool, sounds amazing. So tell us, um, tell us a bit about what your work implies. Uh, what does a, a marketing professional do in your position? Uh, so um, I do a lot of management because we have a, a marketing team here at Datamu, um, and I mostly take care of the strategy uh, behind mm -hmm. Datamu and behind the Arcade Crew. Um, the whole marketing strategy, but as also the, the, the strategy behind the games. Um, so basically, it's thinking about uh, how to communicate, how to mm -hmm. talk to the gamers. Uh, it's a lot of uh, conversation also with the first parties, uh, mm -hmm. Nintendo, uh, Sony, and uh, Microsoft, and Steam, and mm -hmm. pretty much everybody. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and lots of emails. <laughs> Lots of emails. <laughs> um, cool. So, Arnold, we're going to play a quick game with sure. uh, quick questions and short answers. So, are you ready? Yeah, I am. Cool. Let's do it. So, first question is, are you a morning or evening person? Um, I'm an evening person, I think, even though I usually get up early, but I don't have mm -hmm. a choice. But if I have a choice, <laughs> it will be the evening, definitely. Cool. And do you prefer the mountain or the seaside? Oh, the seaside, of course. Uh, I mean, like the mountain is really, this is really cool when you're in the winter and you can go ski. But uh, mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, yeah, the, the seaside, like, it's, uh, so I'm, I'm, my family is from the south of Portugal, so we're from the seaside. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely seaside. Amazing. Um, well, I was I was born in the east coast of Spain, and living in London, something that I miss a lot is just the sound, the sound of the water. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So, next question is: What's your favorite game? Hmm, okay, so um, I have I think two games uh, dear to my art. To my art. Uh, mm -hmm. So the first one is a uh, Street Fighter Three Third Strike. Uh, so I'm a competitive fighting game player. So and Third Strike is my game been playing mm -hmm. that one for 12, 12 13 years maybe uh, wow. it's just my go-to game uh, it's the it's it's a bad game but it's also a great game it's an amazing <laughs> game it has it's a, it has its flaws you know but um yeah. I, you know it's uh it's just like a a love-hate relationship like we all have all fighting game <laughs> players have that love-hate relationship with their favorite yeah. game uh, but it's an amazing game. You play Search Strike. It's a it's a really good game. Uh, and my other game would be uh, Crusader of Senti. So this is a, a mm. Mega Drive game uh, released on the the Mega Drive or the Genesis if you're in the US. So next question is um, summer or winter? Hmm. I love the summer in in the summer, but I really like the winter in the winter. So it's, this is a really <laughs> difficult question. Like both are really good. I like the fact, you know, in, in winter that you can stay at home and watch a good 
a good show or a good movie. Mm-hmm. But I also like the fact that in, in in the summer you can go outside and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I I have to settle and say both. Okay, interesting. <laughs> and uh, next one is. What's your favorite character of How I Met Your Mother? Okay, so this is a really hard question because I actually rewatched the show during uh, the, the pandemic right now. So, I, oh my god, I did that! <laughs> so you know, it's it's kind of those shows that you you go back from time to time, just like Friends. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's easy to watch, and I I, I I didn't watch it for like six years, so I was like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. now is the time. Um, so I would say I think it's Robin. She's she's just interesting. Uh, but I mean, we I, I kind of had that discussion with my friends uh, recently because uh, so we're a little group of friends and uh, mm. we're five actually. Uh, and so I'm the Ted apparently from the group. I'm the Ted, and I hate, <laughs> I really hate Ted. Really, I, I hate him. <laughs> What's the worst video game you've ever played? Um, so there's, I think, two games, I would say. Uh, the first one is uh, mm. the, the Extraterrestrial, uh, the, the, the mm-hmm. Atari game, which is known to be bad. Uh, it's, uh, it's a classic. Uh, so there's, there isn't much to say here. Uh, but the other one will be the Cheetahman. I don't know if you know that game. Uh, it's, no. uh, it's an NES game. And it's, it's really awful. It's like they actually didn't finish the game. So when, when you're playing a bad game... Uh, do you just quit or do you play until the end? Oh, usually I quit. I just, I don't oh, even okay. have time to play good games. So like when it's a bad one, I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> cool. So uh, finally, I'd like to know what's the best thing about working in the video game world? Hmm. Uh, well, first it's cool. Uh, it's cool to, 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 to talk about video games, to work on video games. Just it's cool. It's it's a cool product, you know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's something you grew up with, it's something dear to you, um, and uh, like, this is pretty unique to be able to do that. Um, 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 but also, you know, it's uh, it's pieces of art, uh, of art, so it's really like everything is new, everything is different, you, every time you have a new game, it's, uh, mm. it's always different, new challenges, um, you, you never know what's going to happen. Um, so this is, you know, every, every time a new project is always something new and something exciting. So this is, this is, mm. awesome. but if I have to choose something that I like, um, I would say that, um, it's kind of the, the, the good vibes we have in the industry. Like, uh, yeah. um, everybody's pretty much friends, you know, uh, this is mm-hmm. how I feel it. Uh, we're, we're an indie publisher. So, uh, so we are we're not like the big companies, but even though in the big companies, I always feel like people are just happy to be here and happy to help mm-hmm. each other out. I I only really see um, uh, some um, what's the word uh, some competition between like the the, the big ones like Nintendo mm-hmm. and Microsoft. Yeah, they're they're really competing. Uh, and they have to stay like to 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 old positions. But I feel like there is. There is some good vibes in the industry and in the in yeah. the in the indie side it's really it's it's really good vibes you know and we every time we are at uh, in San Francisco or uh, at trade shows we always 
uh, end up with uh, with uh, some our, some of our competitors having drinks and having talks, and it's it's always cool, you know. So this is this is I think something that you don't see in many industries, and it's really cool. Yeah. Cool. So um, let's let's take that point towards what might have been the darker side of of your work, which is 2020 has been quite full of shit. And um, I, I'd like to know, you know, you, you've just said the positive side of your work. So I'd like to know how, how has your work been affected or, or what do you think the biggest impact has been on the video game industry uh, this year? Um, so for us, uh, 2020 is actually a good year because uh, we released Switch mm-hmm. 4. Um, it's really a project we're working. We've been working on it for several years, and it's it's a project really dear to our our hearts. So being able to mm. visit is really really cool, and seeing people happy with the game, seeing the longtime fans uh, just smiling while playing it, this is really awesome. Mm. Um, so so that's that's a good thing. But what what twenty uh, twenty has been for us. So it's it's been complicated to to work remotely. Uh, mm-hmm. We're kind of used to it because in uh, in Paris and in France um, in uh, December last year, we had that huge uh, transportation strike where we yeah. didn't have any trains, any buses. So we kind of worked our way into having being all in uh, in um, being all in. Um, Working from home remotely, mm-hmm. uh, so we're kind of we're kind of used to it. So when we heard the news uh, that we had to, to to work from home again, we're like, yeah, okay, it's going to be it's going to be complicated because we have a game mm-hmm. to release, uh, and yeah. it's some it's a big challenge because it's also Streets of Rage, so it's our biggest project uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, so yeah, it's going to be hard, but it's doable. I don't think the 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 situation the COVID did, was problematic for us and was problematic mm-hmm. for Streets of Rage or, or even, uh, you know, um, helped us. Because, you know, yeah. a, a lot of people were saying, uh, yeah, it's going to, games are going to sell better or stuff like that. But the fact is, for us, we just don't know if that had an impact. Yeah, obviously, yeah. We, we never released a game uh, in a pandemic it's the first time, yeah. so we don't have any data <laughs> yeah. to to you know to, to to look at and say, okay, yeah, this this yeah. time in this pandemic we did better than the last one. Yeah, just mm. not the case. Uh, and I personally think that the game Streets of Rage would have sold the same amount with or without a pandemic. So let's let's take it maybe more towards your your expertise, and um, let's maybe talk a bit more about your marketing work during all this time. So have you had to change the way that you market it and have you have to change the, the way you advertise a game? Mm-hmm. Or ha- have you just kept it the same way but putting more effort into it? Um, has the content changed? Has the advertising targeting changed? Or, you know, do you have any insights on that? Uh, yeah, sure. So I talked about the, the, the management side of things where we had to adapt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of marketing, so... Basically, we've been doing the same thing. Um, okay. Uh, the we're an indie publisher, so we're not doing huge uh, campaigns or anything like that. We we don't have the budget mm-hmm. to 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 have ads in the streets or uh, you know it's uh, 
Yeah. We're always trying to to be smart in our marketing, uh, trying to, mm-hmm. to be uh, impactful, smart, and to reach um, the the target right away. This is uh, this is where we are focusing our efforts. So we've mm-hmm. been doing the same thing, basically. Okay. Um, but we do have some shift in strategy. It's um, it's uh, about new games and announcements. So uh, usually mm-hmm. we try to. To, we do a lot of uh, trade shows. We do a lot of show. We do the PAXs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do Gamescom, and we do all that. But this year, uh, we just don't have any show. So in terms of PR, it's a bit different. We're still adapting. We're still looking into mm-hmm. how we can, you know, uh, take that into account and how we can uh, still show the game to the press and have the press play play the games uh, early and have the players play the games early. So mm. we're, we're trying stuff. Uh, we're looking and we're uh, learning, which is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're taking notes. And I think uh, I think that those changes in, in shows and everything, maybe this is something that will stick a little bit in, in the next years. So it's important to to look into it and not just say, okay, yeah, it's just for 2020 and then next year it's going to be back to, to normal because mm-hmm. it probably won't. That's actually really interesting because I've spoken to a few other mar- head, heads of marketing in, in video game industry and um, they all mentioned that the PR work was the most challenging part to cover. And one of them, I spoke to to the head of marketing at 11 Beat Studios mm-hmm. in, in Poland, and they were organizing their, their own conference. It was going to be an online conference, first time they were doing it. And it's really interesting to see how a an industry that's, that's based a lot on the digital aspect of things, it still needs that presence in a face-to-face interaction. And it was really interesting to, to understand that as much as it's a digital form and gaming is still very much, you know, a thing that can be done remotely, still that, that presence and being in front of that gamer and being able to be in front of the press and be able to let them experience it in first hand is still really, really important. Mm-hmm. And it's quite interesting also to, to hear from you that it's still a challenge. It's still, still something that doesn't really have a, you know, quick solution or a short-term um, application. So do you think that, do you think that still it will be a struggle to promote a game just because you don't have that face-to-face interaction? And do you think that people will start being more forgiving and being more understanding and, and you know, take part in online conferences and, you know, accept uh, virtual demonstrations of a game? Well, I I think both. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think some people. I mean, we've we're kind of used to see uh, conferences online and mm-hmm. having games announced online. We've been like on, the people only going to E three are only the, the the press. So like, yeah, the streamers are always following the, the conferences online and mm-hmm. doing that for ten years or so. So. Um, so yeah, I don't I think yeah, I think showing games online it's or, it's okay, it's all right, but I think it's also something complicated because mm. to be able to be visible online um, you need you need the funds to do that. I think this fully online stuff is good for the big ones. 
Uh, and mm. they've been doing that for quite some time right now. They didn't need a pandemic to don't do a, a press conference at E3 like Nintendo uh, haven't done a, a press conference at E3 for a long time. So, I mean, it's uh, it's for the smaller ones that it's really more complicated. Okay, so let, let's 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 try and look into the other aspect. What do you think are a potential opportunities? So. Obviously, you know, doing just fully digital might be um, a bit of a challenge and that brick wall for independent uh, publishers to just get through. But on the other side, do you see any potential new opportunities for the smaller ones? Do you think that this is a opportunity for them to level up the, the, the playing field? Or, or is there any new collaborations or new ways uh, to get those, you know, promotion or... or or is it opening up doors to creativity? So what do you think are the new opportunities uh, in this case for, for independent gaming? I think you have to be smart and you have mm -hmm. to be creative, obviously. But I think good indies are already doing that. Mm. Uh, we've seen some really cool stuff. Like I've talked about Devolver. Like they did do uh, that press online press conference three years ago, mm -hmm. which was definitely new. Uh, but had a great impact. Uh, and mm -hmm. yeah, they're being creative and that worked. And they didn't, have, they didn't have to wait for a pandemic to do that. And they've been doing that mm -hmm. for quite some time now. Uh, mm -hmm. we've saw, we saw the same thing with, uh, with Limited Run Games. They do their own press conference uh, online every three and they're a little company. They're not a big company. Uh, so it's, uh, I think... I think, yeah, if indies want to, 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 to get more visibility, they have to, to communicate more, they have to be creative. Um, but again, it's hard for indies and indie studios uh, specifically because while well, they're, they're devs, they're mm -hmm. usually not marketing or communication people. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, it's also complicated to say. So maybe I don't think it will open new opportunities. We've been we've been seeing uh, online shows um, mm -hmm. um, offering more flexibilities on the prices and stuff like that. So it's easier for indies uh, to be part of those uh, those events. Mm. But at the same time, you not really sure how many people be will be there. Uh, if people mm -hmm. are going to watch all the games, uh, will people play the games? So what's good in, mm -hmm. in physical shows is that people just walk by and mm -hmm. they're physically present. So you can really grab them. If you really want them to, to play your game, you can always find ways for people to yeah. play your game uh, in, in, in the show. But online, I do feel it's a bit different. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's another challenge. So you have maybe more uh, possibilities because also shows cost a lot of money and it's hard for indie devs to yeah. make shows. Mm -hmm. So that, of course, you have more budget for something else, but it's also more complicated to, 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 to get to the players. So you have to, to be really smart and you have to, to find new ways to, to, to grab attention. So, mm -hmm. yeah, not, not an easy... Not an easy uh, uh, there's no easy solution, I think. Right, so Arnold, that's actually really interesting. So I'd like to just wrap up the chat with some advice from your own experience. So could you give me 
your top three tips for any independent game development studios? Um, yeah, sure. So, um, so we we've been working with indie devs, and we're also indie devs. So we're pub- indie, an indie publisher, but we're also an indie developer. We're making our own mm-hmm. games, uh, and now we also have the Arcade Crew, which is our indie publishing label. So we're really focusing on uh, indie mm-hmm. games. Um, so if I have three tips for uh, indie devs, um, well, the first one is. Uh, it's pretty easy uh, uh, looking at my position, but uh, yeah, don't take marketing uh, slightly. Uh, we've okay. seen we've seen a lot of studios uh, really disregarding uh, marketing and saying, "Yeah, my game is good." So when I released my game on Steam, and I'll do mm. three tweets and two Facebook posts, and everybody is going to be crazy about it, and it's going to be a success, and then they have like. 10 uh, sell, they sell 10 copies of the game and five of them being their friends, they're like, yeah, what happened? And we're like, yeah, nobody knows about your game. It's It could be the best <laughs> game out there if nobody knows it. It's mm-hmm. not going to work. So yeah, definitely you should think about marketing really early in the project. We, we You need a plan. My um, second tip will be uh, don't be afraid of publishers. Um, mm-hmm. Publisher, I'm not e- all evil. Uh, I've been talking <laughs> with devs, and and you know, like sometimes this is something that is, has been changing. A lot of publishers are not evil. Uh, they, if, but you have to choose your publisher well. Uh, and that's my my third tip is that yeah, you have to be careful when you choose a publisher. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Because uh, of course there's a lot of good publishers, but there's also a lot of bad publishers, and you have to to, to choose a publisher that really wants to work with you. I think mm-hmm. that really believes in your project. And yeah, that's uh, that's uh, basically my uh, my three tips. There's also I think there's a lot more tips uh, out there, but uh, mm. those are good. I think. No, I think I think they're really good to be honest. Um, especially number one being don't take your marketing lightly. Uh, which I feel though is it's you know, a lot of people might know it or a lot of people might think that they know what they do with their marketing, but you know. Yeah, and like like you said, if you're not using your data properly, then you know, you're you're not doing things right. And yeah. then again, don't be scared of, of of publishers because at the end of the day, they the only way that they can do good work is with games, if there's no games through them, then publishers wouldn't really exist. Yeah. So, and then finally, what you said about, um, you know, choosing the right publisher, which is essentially a publisher will invest the energy in, in trying to make the best out of a game. So if, uh, you know, you choose a publisher and it just because of the numbers, then yeah. they will treat you like a number. But if you treat them in terms of a long-term relationship is is where you're going to get the best results. So, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Well, Arnold, um, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. That was our show. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining for another episode of Small Talk No More. I'm Alex, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.